Blog Talk Radio.
You're listening to The Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G-Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. That was the spinners with the lead, G.C. Cameron, George Cameron. He is our guest tonight on The Quiet Storm, and you know he is one of the many great R&B singers of classic soul. So he'll be in in just a second, but... Let me do some program notes. Tonight we have G.C. Cameron. He has been with a lot of groups, I mean a lot of great groups. He started out with the group that you all know by the name of The Spinners. And then he had a brief stint with um, The Temptations. This guy, wait, I cannot wait to talk to him, gang, and he will tell you his his list is long, and he has one of the greatest vocal vo- voices in in the business. But on some program notes, next week I have Candy Stanton, you know, Young Hearts Run Free. And we also have William Pookie, Heart of the Delphonics, La 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 means I love you or ready or not. So stay tuned, don't go anywhere. I'm just gonna keep playing until Mr. Cameron comes in. I'm gonna play some of the things that he was with, some of the groups that he was with, some of the songs that the group that he was with, um, like the Spinners, this is one of a classic Spinners song. DC camera.
And now, Bonnie Sigmund doing the... The third of September, that day I'll always remember. Yes, I will. Cause that was the day that my daddy died. Never got a chance to see him. Said I never heard nothing but bad things about him. Mama, I'm depending on you. Tell me the truth. Mama bowed her head, looked out the corner of her left eye, said.
Um, but he's still with us, guys. He'll call us right back. I don't know if this is a blog talk thing or it's my thing. I don't think it's mine because I got – can everybody – I'm sure everybody can – can everybody hear me? Everybody can hear me, right? Um, can you guys hear me? Hit me up if you can hear me. I'm going to see if George is going to call us back. I don't know if we have a bad connection because we're in a different – I don't know where George is calling me from, 60 – I think he's calling me from the Midwest. But, George, call back. Try again. I don't know if it's you. I don't think it's me because my connection, my signals are strong on my end. But um, we're, we're, you're live talking to with Greg Lasseter and George Cameron, uh, GC Cameron, who used to be with the Spinners. Um, and he did a brief stint with the Temptations. And um, I apologize for the technical difficulties. But I got a strong signal right here. I hope everyone can hear me. Yes, everybody, everyone can hear me, right? That's cool. So George is going to try me back, I hope. So, guys, we're, like I was saying before, we're very close to launching the G Radio New York City 24-7 at 365. And I'm so excited. And the lineup is going to be Daryl Wynn, uh, Alonzo Bryant, and DJ Cappuccino, also known as Dave Ducille. And, of course, yours truly is going to rock the quiet storm from 7 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. So a little bit excited about that. And you will, too, because we're going to give you all types of music. Let's see what's going on here. George, Hello. You're back with me? Yes, George, yeah, I'm back, back with you. Yeah, I'm back with you. Okay. I had to change phones. Okay, no problem. Okay. So, George, give us, now back us up, George. You, have, you, have, you, have, you, have, you had nine siblings. And uh, you were born in Mississippi. So let's right. go from there. Okay, I was born in Mississippi, and like I said, I went into the Marine Corps and spent five years in the Corps. Really? Did and, you go to Vietnam? Yeah, I did a tour in Vietnam. I came home from Vietnam September 17th, 1967. Wow. And when I came home, I became a member of the Spinners right away. Really? So, so, yeah, so from September... When you, when you became... Hello. Did you have to try out for? Did you try? Did you try out for the spinners, or what happened? <laughs> Very. <laughs> get me a chair, baby. Brit, get me a chair. Brittany, get me a chair. Get me a chair. Get me a chair, please. Okay. My kids got a headphones on and and listening. Okay. I guess I couldn't get it. But let me tell you what happened. Okay, let me tell you exactly what happened. I came home from Vietnam, September. 17th, 67, and I got with the spinners right away. I don't know if you're familiar with the great Harvey Fuqua. Oh, absolutely, and the Moonglows. Right, Harvey and the Moonglows. Well, Harvey Fuqua and Marvin Gaye auditioned me for the spinners. Oh, wow. He's that's, how I got, yeah, that's how I got into the spinners, through Harvey and Marvin. They came into what they call artist development at Motown, and I was there with the guys and uh, – Marvin said to me, "Well, sing something." <laughs> and I, I think I, I think I sing something from Jackie Wilson. And he said, "He'll do." <laughs> I think it was like three notes, three or four notes, and he said, "He'll do." And that's how I became a spinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I became a spinner. One of the spinners. So let me see. You know, 
the spinners, you know, I, I grew up listening to spinners, you know, I'm, 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 I'm sort of an old guy. I'm like 50 years old. So I'm sort of, I'm sort of a, I'm sort of up there. And I grew up listening to spinners played in my household that, you know, that you were lead singer. And then you had a cousin, you had a living cousin. Who was the living cousin? <laughs> oh, Felipe Wynn. Who replaced me? Went. Right. Right, but you guys, you guys, you guys, is he your first cousin? Is he your first cousin or second cousin? Well, second cousin. First, okay. second, or third, you know, just bloodline. It's hard to tell nowadays. Right. But, <laughs> but he was just a great guy, and uh, he was always there with my older brothers, and mm-hmm. and um, he'd take me into different clubs when I was like 12, 13 years old, 14. He'd sneak me in because Dennis Edwards from the Temps right. and uh, – Right. But Dennis Edwards' review uh, was also a friend of ours. We all were very close and, and tight-knitted in Detroit at that time. And right. what happened was he would sneak me into malls, which was a little club that Dennis and his group worked, and we'd go in and sing right. and try to take over. We were like, you know, <laughs> we were like the musical gangsters. Wherever there was some music, we'd go in and take over. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That is awesome. Yeah. But but let me tell you though, you they you were so great. You they the spinners already had a group. So you had to you be, you became the lead singer of the spinners. So you had to replace somebody. Well, what happened was there was a, a young man named Chico Edwards. Chico was not oh, yeah. a lead singer. Yeah. Chico was not right. a lead singer, but he was an all-around accommodate singer, which meant that he was capable of doing everything that the group needed. And I think what happened was Chico had got a little despondent uh, with the industry probably. I can't say for whatever, but I I find it to be a very fortunate event for myself that when he left and that space was available and uh, they asked me to come in and audition, and I did. And uh, it went... uh, very well. I mean, by the grace of God, it was incredible. I mean, it was after coming home from a war, within one month from putting down my, as they say, my piece, my weapon, right. and right. picking up a microphone and opening up at the Apollo Theater. So I came from Vietnam, from the demilitarized zone in Kanchin, right. within one right. month, and I was with the spinners opening up for Marvin at the Apollo Theater. Wow. Now let me ask you, George. When you were in Vietnam, did you did you know you were coming? When you came back, did you have any idea when you got out, when you left Vietnam to come back stateside? Did you have any idea that you were going to join the spinners or sing, or did you have any plans before, or is this something that no, was happening? No, I had no plans, no vision, no anything. It's just I was so glad to get out that killing field. And right. to walk out of there upright, even though it was rough during some periods of times, a couple of times I was in pretty bad shape over there. But by the right. grace of God, I got through that. And uh, I lost wow. most of my friends. I left most of my wow. friends. Right. And so it that still lives with me. But the music calms that raging thing that I sometimes feel. So sometimes I have to sing to myself in order to right. understand... Uh, the purpose of the song itself, you know, the Lord said music does calm the savage beast. And exactly. we definitely are full of beast theology of, of thought on this planet. So many hateful, arrogant, inhuman creatures, and music is the only thing that we can calm them down with, so I sing. 
And it oh wow, and you're saying wait, you never look back. (laughs) But you know what, George? I don't want you to go anywhere. I want to play one of the hits that you made a hit at the Spinners. I want you to hold on, don't go anywhere, and I'm gonna play one of your hold. I'll be right back at you. All right? Go right here. Here we go. you. 
<laughs> and I have people say, well, GC sounds like, a GC sounds like, no, 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 no. No, I no, GC, like GC, feels, <laughs> GC feels like a lot of people because of the emotions, but I don't sound like anyone because there's nobody can sound like me, and I don't I don't. No, sound, that's sound right. Like that is, hey, look, I've been in the business a minute, and I tell you, no one sounds, you sound like you, you got your own thing going on. So that's right. You you sound you went to Motown, and that must have been an interesting stint at Motown. Tell us about let, that. Let me give you uh, one situation that happened to me in the middle of combat. Now, this was before okay. I knew anything of Motown and any of the great artists that Motown produced. And I was going through a village. You know, back in the old days, and, 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 and as they say in my day, we had little Zenith transistor radios, the right. little tiny radios you put in your pocket with the little antenna. Right, right. And so I, I had one of those, and we were going through this village. It was an incredible, I remember it precisely, the weather, the temperature, and the little hooches, which they call a house sitting up on stilts. Right. And we came on the fire, machine gun fire, and while everyone was returning fire and doing whatever we were doing, I had my radio on, and I had the four tops came on with this song called "Just Ask the Lonely." Right. And when it I came on, that. when it came on my radio, everything went silent except that song. And I crawled through one of the patties until I got to this little hooch, and I crawled up in there, and I stayed there until that song went off. I didn't hear anything else. I didn't hear no nothing until Levi and the Four Tops got through singing Just Ask the Lonely. And that song wow. is was like the most incredible crutch for my being in Vietnam than anything else that I can remember. Except wow. my, daughter, my oldest daughter being born while I was in Vietnam. That was like the highlight of my life, of course. Wow. Right, of course. Right. Wow. Why do you think that was? Why do you think that song had so I don't know. I, I, I think now, even now, I think why that particular song? Because when I was with the Temps, we worked with the Tops a lot, you know. And right. every night I would either go down and listen to... Uh, Ronnie McNair sing that song or whoever was singing it at the time and just to hear that song because they don't know what that song meant to me and how important that song is to me you know and that was like something that was so unusual and behold after listening to Stevie Wonder and Marvin and all these great great entertainers then I come home and I'm in the midst of them. I'm right there with David wow. Ruffin, and I'm just 20 years old, 21 <laughs> years old, and he's a pro. And so right, right. they threw me in the mix with all these giants, and like I say, if you want to be one, you better grow quick. And so I just started growing and uh, just blessed to now, be in the midst. And Stevie became my best friend. He was like, he Stevie is like the nucleus of music, man. He is the. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's the epitome of, of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you why did you why didn't you ever record that song yourself? Well, because well because being with the Spinners and being with the Temps was always dedicated to the group, 
you know, and be oh, okay. a team player because that's what's important. If you're with a team, to be a team player and being oh, one absolutely. fifth of yeah, being one fifth of a group, you know, you speak your piece and uh, you wait for the verdict. And so right. I didn't because Levi did such an incredible job. I didn't even want to fool with the song. I mean, and when I get to the <laughs> point where I don't want to, I don't feel like I just want to listen. Then somebody right, sing. Sure. You know, right. it's like you know when Eddie, when Eddie and David sing, I just listen. You know, what I mean, even right. though I had to do the music, but they were these, these right. are great people. These are great artists right. we're talking right. about here. Right. You know, right? Absolutely. Now you're at Motown. Mm-hmm. You're in the mix of all the greats, mm-hmm. and Lord and behold, you married Gwen Gordy. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. Tell us, tell us about your experience at Motown. Oh wow. <laughs> it was it was like a fairy tale in a sense with reality mm-hmm. and brought it around it. And I say that because as a young warrior looking at it more so than a warrior than an entertainer at that time, I looked at the strategy of the company and not so much trying to get a hit record or anything. I was just singing because I was so glad to be home from the war and so glad to be in the midst of such great people until just singing is all I wanted to do. I wasn't concerned about money and fame and all that. I just wanted to sing. I just needed to sing and to express myself. And Gwendolyn was the, the strength of guiding me in the direction that I needed to go in. She did everything for me. I mean, took care of me, period. Right. And programmed my mind in such a sophisticated, intellectual way of of purity as far as music was concerned Mm -hmm. until I just learned. I I was sponging up everything that she had, but she's just a sweet and incredible, beautiful woman. And I fell in love with her. And we got married and stuff. And, and love, right. you know, and right. and because of that, I began to analyze the greatness of Motown because she has such a great part in that company. Right. She was vice president, plus she already had a record company called uh, Tri-Fi Records, right. and that was the beginning along with Anna Records, Marvin's wife, had right, Anna right. Records, Anna. and so they... Combine that into you guys were brother-in-laws then at that point. You and Marvin oh, yeah. were brother-in-laws. Yeah, oh wow. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And but what I did learn, and I, I'd like to say this to all of the people who are listening to us at, at this particular point. Right. It was Barry Gordy and Dick Clark that integrated America. Absolutely. Martin Luther King did the, the groundwork for. The business part of the the papers, paperwork, et cetera, et cetera. But for the soul, it was Motown Records that integrated people. It was Motown Records and American Bandstand that made us start sitting next to each other without looking at the color, but feeling the soul. And that's what Motown was to me. And so after realizing that these two gentlemen had really brought us all together as a nation, not only a nation, but as a world, because music had calmed us down. I mean, even though we were in a war, we were full of love. We were full of trust. We were full of hunger of better things. Right. And now, uh, that's what Motown gave us, you know? So at some point, you know, I, 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 I probably would guess to say you outgrew Motown, and you 
I think it was, and I'm not, I can say to be corrected, wasn't it? You have Aretha Franklin told you to come on over to Atlantic? It was Aretha Franklin told Billy. Yeah, it was Billy. Oh, Billy, right. But see, I was. I was under contract. Every artist at Motown had individual contracts. We were not contract as a group. We were contract wow. individually and assigned to a group. Oh, that was and pretty so, smart, though. That's pretty smart. Brad was pretty how, smart on that. <laughs> that's how Dennis Edwards became a temptation right out of the contours. Right. 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 Now, right. I couldn't leave Motown when the spinners left because I was still under contract. My contract was signed much later than theirs as an individual. Right. So... And to be honest, had I not stayed with Motown, the Spinners could not have left with their name. So that was a part of what went down is that I stayed and they left with their name. So Aretha got with Billy, and Billy went to Atlantic with Mr. Ahmed Erdogan and that crew over there and uh, began to make incredible music. And I had recommended that Felipe, my cousin, get in the group. And so when right. Felipe got in, and, I, and uh, Mr. Bell, Tom Bell. He sounds just like Philly. you. You know that, right? <laughs> well, he's older, so like I probably you. sound like him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you listen to your music, you and Felipe have the same vibe. I mean, because I guess, you know, family, you, you live together, you sing together, you got the, the vibe. It's incredible, you know. And anybody who knows, listen to your music, listen to Felipe. We know that you guys are related because the vibe is unbelievable. Yeah, now, and, you know, all, all my brothers, all, all, my, all the brothers, brothers sing. Yeah, I, all, oh, most really? of my family. Yeah, my brothers, my six brothers, and and my three sisters. Yeah, they, you know. Well, why didn't we, you guys form a group then? Why didn't you guys form a well, group? Well, they were smart. They got jobs. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they knew. You know, I mean, I was kind of loony coming out of a war, so I wasn't thinking. Right. I just wanted to sing. But, no, but really, they, you know, they were already established. Um, and by me being the youngest, I imagine, you know, I had really nothing to lose coming home with no prospects or possibilities of getting a job at that point not knowing anything because that was 1967. I mean, you know what times were like, anyone who was oh, doing their time. Yes, absolutely. It was, it was real. Yeah. Now, George, now, you know, did you know you wanted to be a singer growing up? Like, did you just, you know, is just something that you were gifted with? Did you take voice lessons? I mean, you said you when you went to the war, you went to the war, the war was traumatic, and I'm sure, it's, you know, it's very true. Any kind of war is traumatic, but Vietnam was definitely most traumatic. And did you know, did you have any aspirations growing up to be a singer? I was born singing. I, I knew oh, when okay. my mom was belly that I was a singer. <laughs> there was no doubt in my mind. <laughs> and from the time I could, I guess, start talking and listening when I first, the first song I remember, really remember was Big Maybell singing, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. And I was a little fellow. <laughs> and I remember hearing, hearing her and I heard Hank Williams Sr. and then B.B. King because they had a station called WLAC, Nashville, Tennessee, which was right. uh, 50,000 watts. Right, and everyone in the South picked up WLAC because they sold everything. I mean, you name right. it, they sold it. So most of yeah, most of us listened to that station and uh, that radio station, and that's where I learned. You know, when I first heard Jackie Wilson, and that's right. who I wanted right. to be. I wanted so much to sound like this guy and to do what he was doing until I began to look like him. 
I mean, really. I mean, I took on I took on his image and everything, man. Hey, George, I saw some pictures of you back then. You didn't try to look at <laughs> I know that's the truth. Hey, George, I was just looking at some pictures of you today back then. I was like, oh, my God. You know what? Is that Jackie or is that George? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. But he was the he was the nucleus, and plus, you know, Mr. Gordy had been writing for him, mm-hmm. and he wrote uh, "Reap the Teeth" and um, "Dogging Me Around" and "To Be Loved," and those were the songs. Oh, that, that was a jam, man. Yeah, that was Mary Gordy wrote was, those songs. Yeah. yeah, right. And I was, so I was listening to Sam. I was listening to Sam. Right. I was listening to Jackie. Right. I was listening to. There was this guy. Uh, his name was Roy Hamilton. Oh yeah, uh, you yeah. know Roy. It's hold yeah, me yeah. tight and don't let go. <laughs> One day, baby, you get me yeah. And anyway, these, <laughs> these are the guys that I listen to all the time, all the time. Right. And I learned as much as I could from everyone who was doing what they was doing. I was simply in a learning mode, a state of perception of what was going on in the music world and I just wanted to do everything that I felt and I felt so much because you know the Lord had given me so much and had done so much for me and is still doing everything for me and I just wanted to think so you know I did my gospel CD I got a gospel CD out that's uh, different it's not I'm a, I'm a minister. I'm a ordained right. minister, okay. but I don't hoop and holler at you. I just kind of talk to you, you know. I want to see you. I want to see you sit there and eat and enjoy yourself right. and ask a question if you got one. Don't just sit there and let me talk all day about this and that and the other because sometimes I don't know what I'm talking about and somebody else does. So right. okay. my church, yeah, my church is more of a sanctuary than oh, a church okay. house. Okay. And this is what okay. we do. We you know, I mean, you come and and you make appointments to, to sit with whoever you want to sit with at the table, and you study with them. You don't have to sit in no pew right. and just sit there and behind someone with a huge hat on that you can't see the preacher. Right. You just, you know, just. I mean, I don't mean that derogatorily. Right. I mean that. No, I know what to, you mean. Absolutely. Yeah, to the point where it's time for some changes because we've been doing the right. same thing for a thousand years and we've gotten worse. Therefore, something is wrong right. with that formula. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Good. George, hold on one second. You're listening to The Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter here at G Radio. New York City, where you can find the classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. And I have the great George Curtis Cameron, GC Cameron, as you guys know it. George, I'm going to play your 1975 hit that is so, I'm, I'm sure it's near and dear to everyone, but me personally, it is one of my top two songs of all time. So, George, hold on a second, okay? Thank you. Okay. Don't go anywhere. Right. Okay. Do I say goodbye to 
You're listening to The Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G-Radio, New York City. And we have, that was G.C. Cameron, and he's in the studio with us right now. I got to tell you, George, that song forever changed my life, man. That's one of the most, as you, that song changed America, I think. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, that was Gwendolyn's doing. She put that together for me, and I'd like to thank Cheryl McAlilly for singing background because she made it. I mean, that sweetness that you hear back there, that's her. And uh, that's my daughter, GC's mother. And right. I like to say hi to all my children, too. I love my children. Okay, good, sure. You know, and, you know, I thank God for them because they are the purpose and the reason for continuing to exist and do this thing that I'm doing that uh, I'm blessed to be able to do. And I, I love you guys so much. You mean everything to me. And uh, my brothers and my sisters and uh, all my oh, friends. Cool. Because <laughs> right yeah. now we're at 22,000 people in five countries listening So guys, you're listening to the great G.C. Cameron One of the greatest R&B singers that ever lived So George, let's, let's move forward to like 1977 I understand that you recorded an album with Sarita Now, is that the Sarita, uh, uh, Stevie Wonder's ex-wife Sarita? That's Stevie's wife Sarita She was probably the one person other than Gwendolyn that understood exactly musically what I was trying to do. She had this thing about my voice as I had about her voice. She she insisted that we do this album. She and uh, right. Mr. Pass, Suzanne DePass, had put Suzanne it together, DePass. and I didn't know anything about it. It was produced by Michael L. Smith. 
Michael Lovesmith, right. and an incredible, incredibly talented young man, producer and writer and singer, great, great singer. Right. So they got together and put this CD, uh, this album together. It's called Rich Love, Poor Love. Right. And that was Sarita right. and G.C. Cameron. And, uh, you know, I I'd simply, every time I hear her voice, it's like I stop and sit and listen because she was one of the rare ones. I mean, she was like the best Motown had to offer. And she was a dear friend, a dear sister, a real dear sister to me. And uh, wow. I loved her so well, much me, and appreciated her so very much musically. So, and, you know. Let me ask you, George, now, out of all the people that you've ever worked with in the business, who was the one person in, in the music business that you worked with that you liked and loved so much? Like singing, being around, just interacting with on a, on a musical level. Stevie was it, you know. We we thought alike. I mean, his genius, of course, totally exceeded basically everyone that we knew, but we were on the same accord. He knew how I sang, and he took advantage right. of it. He studied uh, the ability, I guess, probably because he's never had anyone to sing uh, two parts fluently and right. singing in a regular voice and a falsetto voice, really, which was the same uh, same note as just an octave higher. But he it's understood incredible. this. Yeah, he understood this, and because I think a lot of people probably thought it was two people singing. It, it's a shame, Absolutely. more than likely. Absolutely. And, but Stevie understood that, and he worked it, man. He put it together, and we went to a club one night, and we were hanging out, and got back, and I dropped him off at home, and he said, "Hey, I got a tune. I want you to hear. I got a tune. I got a tune." So we went down in the basement at his mom's house, and uh, he started playing his. You know, thing on you know the clavinet. And I was like, okay, buddy, all right, great, man, love it. See you tomorrow. And so the next thing I know, he had cut a track. But the ironic wow. part about it, it's a shame is that someone at Motown hid the song for a year. It disappeared. What? We couldn't get it out. What? It, yeah, and uh, a young lady by the name of uh, what was her name? Gina Jackson. Right. Gina Jackson found an acetate. Uh, uh, which was a copy of It's right. a Shame and, and said, what in the world is this and wh whose music is this? And so after she found out, I think she went to Mr. Gordy and told him personally that she wanted to promote that song and that's how It's a Shame became a hit because Miss Jackson put forth her efforts and bought it out and somehow or the other they found it, but it was a whole year after you know, we TV, cut It's a Shame. TV. Yeah, we cut It's a Shame in 70 and it didn't come out and in 71. Written, he wrote it and produced it, correct, for the centers, right? Yeah, he wrote he it. Write it and, and produce it, right? Yeah, he wrote it. He and Sarita and Lee Garrett. Lee right. Garrett is yeah, a great writer. So the three of them had written, and uh, you know Stevie produced it and arranged it and played all the instruments basically, most of them anyway. And well, he, just left, one of he, those, left, he left Motown right after you did, right or before you did, right? No, he, he left after. Yeah, he left uh, long, pretty, pretty good while after I left. Yeah. Right, yeah. uh, but he was there, and so, uh, he con yeah he continued to make music there, and uh, he did you know Stevie Stevie's always doing well. He's Stevie Wonder, you know, and right, God, of course, Stevie of course, <laughs> yeah. Stevie Wonder, Stevie Moore. Now let me let me flip it. On the flip side, who was one of the people that was not so that you worked with that was kind of hard to work with? You know, I had to put you in that situation. I have to ask you that, George. I have to ask you which one. Who was that you didn't jive with in the music business that you worked with? I never, yeah, I never worked with anyone that I didn't appreciate. 
Oh, really? That's rare. Yeah, never. That's rare. I, I, now, the hardest worker producer I ever had was Norman Whitfield. Oh, my he sung God. my yeah, brains out one funny. night. Yeah, he sang. He he made me sing my brains almost out my ears. I mean, they had. I laid down in the studio. They had to cover me up. I was. I blew my mind out, man. This guy had me singing, but he was a perfectionist. You know Norman's work. Oh, he was. Uh, Norman was. Norman was, he was a workhorse. He was the thing, man. He was the greatest guy, one of the greatest human beings, and he was always. There, he was always there for all of us. I mean, you know, he he had his thing, but he was just the sweetest human being, you know, that you ever want to meet. Just a great guy, man. Right. And he had me singing. Uh, let's see, what was it? Uh, uh, too busy thinking about my baby. One of the temp songs. And I got right. to a note, and I hit this note, and man, everything went blank. I just fell out. And they covered me up, Bobby and Henry, and. Billy and Purvis, they bought a came around and they was covering me up and fanning me. Are you okay, man? I was like, this guy's <laughs> killing me, man. <laughs> so now, as, with, with that said, how did you, who told you, like, okay, all right, it's time for you to move on and go to the Temptations? Tell us about that. Well, what happened was no, I, I, left, I, I left Motown. I, I went Motown. to England. And I got with a guy named Ian Levine, and I recorded us an album with him called The Best of G.C. Cameron Motor City Records. Right. And I wrote six, it was 16 songs. I wrote eight of them and produced eight of them, and the other eight was songs that Motown artists had recorded. So I, re, I redid eight songs and wrote eight original new songs. And so after I left there and came back to the States, and I went through a series of transitions and, you know, this and that and the other and writing right. and trying to get my book together. I started that. I'm still not finished. i got one chapter left, so only God knows oh, what that chapter would be, but we're working <laughs> on it now. And what, Congratulations. What, yeah, what happened was, you know, I just kind of felt like, okay, what am I going to do now? And then uh, the spinners called me. No, I went to Myrtle Beach. I moved to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and I did a number one record with a group called The Towns. Joe, their lead yeah, singer, yeah, was yeah, sick, yeah, yeah. and I went uh-huh. in and recorded Walking Dr. Bill with The Towns, and it went to number wow, one in the beach circuit. Yeah, it went to number right. one in the beach circuit, and I stayed there for about a year and worked down there, and after we finished that, I came back to Mississippi, and I was in Mississippi about maybe a month. And I got a call from Bobby from the Spinners. And he said, look, Ken, what you doing? I said, hey, what you need? And he said, look, uh, we got some dates, and John is sick. John had, John Edwards had fell ill, and they needed someone to sit in for him. So I said, okay. So I ceased doing what I was doing because I was recording my Shadow CD in the middle of that. Right. And I stopped recording yeah. it and went on the road with the Spinners for three more years, from, 19, from uh, wow. 2000 to 2003. Wow. And wow. I was... I stayed with the Spinners until John got better, and we went on tour and did. It was incredible, a reunion, you know. Right. And it should have been more than it was, but it was what it was. And uh, right. John came back. So I left the Spinners, and within a month, I spoke with Shelly Berger. Yep. Uh, the manager of the Temps. Yeah, the Temps. Right. Yeah. And I said, you know, Shelly, I, I really would love some management if if you could – see a way clear to help me out with some management things. And he said, management? I don't need you out there. I need you with the group. And so I was like, huh? 
Okay, you know, because I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't feel like dancing no more. I didn't feel like routine. I didn't feel like the repetitious of, you know, bowing down. The whole regiment, right. Yeah, the whole thing, you know, and the flights and all this. I just kind of wanted to, you know, I mean, I'm getting on up there. I'm a senior citizen, okay? So I need to be, like, really cool here, you know? And then they said, uh, I went, uh, Otis flew me into South to North Carolina. They were doing a show. And I looked at the show. I was in the theater. And I looked at the show from where I was sitting, and it was very, very non-temptation. It was not them. Really? And, no, right. it was right. the stage was dark. There was no life. There was no spirit of God. There was no God right. in the group. Right. And that and they is what bothered that. They always had that. They always, from the, you know, from the beginning with Eddie and and even before David, they had that spirit of God with them. You know. Yeah. Well, what happened was after I saw what was going on, and I realized that I'll either take this job or I'll just leave this thing alone because this is too much work for me. I see what I got to do. And being the lead singer, when you're with a group like that, the first thing you think about is your guys. And making right. them number one, that's the, the objective. How do we get to be the best we can be? Because when we're the best we can be, that would be enough for the people. So right. how do we focus on how does G.C. Cameron fit into the equation of trying to help the temptations? This great group who consisted of Paul Williams, Eddie Kendricks, and David Ruffin, and Melvin Franklin, and Otis Williams. Right. So I come in. <laughs> with, yeah, I mean, these are, you know, these these uh Heroes. These are musical heroes right. of the world. Right. They're one of the one of the greatest groups of ever, ever, ever. ever. Yes. And so I thought about that, and I said, well, if I can't help them, I won't go in. But after I prayed and and talked to my brothers, a couple of my brothers, and and a few friends, a couple of friends, and they say, hey, man, you know, you know, if anybody can do it, you know, you you can do it. And I said, okay, okay. So I went to work on it, and uh, we went to number one. We got to be number one again. We did. I did two albums. I did, I did two CDs with Attempts, Legacy and Reflections. Oh, my God. Reflections went gold. Yeah, Reflections went gold. Amazing, amazing CD. Yeah, yeah. Reflections went gold, I think, like two months after we released it. And uh, Legacy is just an incredible piece of work. That's Terry Weeks. You yeah, yeah. Who was who was with you guys? It was you. It was Terry um, Weeks, right. Ron Tyson, Von Joe Tyson, Herndon. Right. Yeah, right. Joe Herndon and myself. Oh, okay. So, right. Yeah. Now Terry Weeks. Right. Yeah, Terry Weeks is probably one of the greatest singers I've ever worked with. I've ever been well, able he was, to was he, he was one of the younger ones, right? Was he one of the younger oh, ones? He's a, yeah, he's a kid. He's just a little kid. Yeah, he's a beautiful young man that, that has such potential. And, and uh, he's just a great human being. And he right. made me comfortable in the studio because he made me sing better. Right, okay. He pushed me, yeah, because he was so good. He is so good until I couldn't. Relax around him. I had to do. I knew, you know, from old school. I had to use every trick in the book. Get this kid <laughs> off my back. <laughs> hey, George, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I want to play one. Some, I'm going to play a, a, a tune. Uh, How sweet it is to be loved by you. And I'm going to okay. be right back. And you're going to tell us where does where is where is Juicy going now? So okay. hold on, George. We'll be right back. You're listening to. Rick Wise Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lassner, here at G Radio, 
New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music. The music for your soul. Oh, oh yeah. Everybody have a real good time, say. Needed to shelter someone's arms. There you were. Needed someone to understand my ups and downs. There you were. Oh, with sweet love and devotion, baby. Gently touching my emotions.
your own the way you felt it. And a lot of singers can't do that. They try to emulate um, how other people sing. I can't tell you, I've never heard a song of yours that you did not make your own, and you went to town on it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, my brother. You know, I think the difference in singers, and I don't think a lot of people understand the difference between a soul singer and an R&B singer or a pop singer or a gospel singer or, shall we say, a country and western singer. The difference is soul singers adjust to the spirit of life. See, wow. not everyone that sang is a soul singer, and so That's what the Lord, cool. yeah, what the Lord gave us is the ability to come inside and polish your soul with the song, and wow. that requires a whole different kind of technique of love. You gotta love people. You gotta love the Lord before everything, because right. I love the Lord above all things. So once you right. do that and you trust and have the confidence then the spirit will lead you and take you in the direction you need to go in. And so as a soul singer, my objective is to touch the soul, not just the body or the ear, but to go inside the canal, wrap myself around the cortex and down into the soul and begin to wash the soul with the music. That's that's amazing. I think that's what soul singers do, and you know, I'm I'm by far not the greatest soul singer, but the people I've known You're one are. Of them. Well, you know, You're when you think them. about Sam and Jackie and David Ruffin and Marvin Gaye, and these, you know, these guys are terrific people. No, but I, you're right there. You're right there with them. You're right well, there. You. you know, I might say that. You know, you're right there with them because when you think of when you know everyone that knows music. Everyone that knows soul music, rhythm and blues, they've heard of DC Camera, without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, I, 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 you know. So let me ask you, is, was there any point in your musical career that you just said, you know what, George, I'm done. I'm done. You, yeah, every, you every, yourself, yeah, every eight days, every eight or nine days, <laughs> <laughs> at least one day after every week. You know, I go through it. Well, this is enough. I've had it, man. You know, they don't pay me my money. I'm broke. They don't need Why am I doing this? You know, and then I look up, and the Lord smiles at me and says, boy, look how rich you are. you got children. you got your health. you got all your teeth. I mean, come on, man. So I just kind of let it go, you know, and, and I just keep on. As long as the Lord let me sing, I'm going to be singing. That's all. Right. So where now? Where do we go? Where's Where's George going now? What What's on the horizon for Mr. Cameron? What is on the horizon? What's What's hot now? Where's your goals? Where are you going? Where are you gonna end up? The most important thing to me right now is trying to keep young black boys out of jail. Absolutely, amen. That now. is the most frightening, scary thing on this planet right now is trying to put certain people into extinction. And the streets are loaded with young brothers and sisters who are totally lost and confused. And for some reason, the system has made them believe that in order to be somebody, you got to go to jail or you got to be a rap singer. You got to go do some time. All of that. Look, education, education is the most important factor in the minds of young people that should be there. 
Educate yourselves and know your worth. And stand for something. Just stand for something that's good and that you believe in. And pray. Go back to the Lord like we once were. I mean, you know, for some reason my people just said uh, they don't want to believe in the Lord no more. I don't know what happened. Right. I, I really don't well, know. Well, you know what? what lost souls, George. Lost souls. Because hey, remember that saying, if you don't stand for something, you're a fall for anything. And I see there's a lost souls. I, I'm, in the, I'm in the music business. I manage artists. And you know what? I don't even go near the rap game because you know what? I tell you, it's, oh, it's not music. It's not, one, it's not music. And all gangsters are either dead. Or in jail. So why would Thank you, you want to be either? <laughs> why would you want to be either of those? You know, when there's when no there's a world, <laughs> yeah, when there's right. a world full of great and exciting things other than jail and dope and drinking right. and staying out in them street, man. Those streets are not for hanging out. They're for going to certain right. places and going back. Right. The street is not a th- yeah. It's not a place to go and hang out. Don't hang out on the corners. It's the rat and cat game. And so I try to tell the young brothers, you know, because I got 18-year-old, 16-year-old, 13-year-old, 15-year-old, and I still got babies. Right, right. And so I tell them constantly, like, you know, hey, it's rough out there, and you got to be careful. And and I worry about my children all the time, but I'm confident that the Lord has them in his hands as he's had all of us. But being a parent, I still worry, and I see what's going on. I, I see the game. I know the game. And then people, and the youngsters don't know this, George. The game doesn't change. No, the game doesn't the change. The players change. The no. players change. The players change. You know, the games are the same. <laughs> right. And so right now, GC Cameron's ministry, the Sanctuary Ministries, is basically geared trying trying to keep these kids in school, man. Trying to keep them educated. Get you know, forget about the other stuff. Educate yourself and stay out of jail. Don't be going out looking for things. Just Chill, just chill, and put your head in them books because that's what a knowledge is, you know. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Dude, how do people get a hold of you? I want, I want my audience right now. Web then. Well, my website, you can. I mean, uh, my my email is my like my my gc cameron at yahoo dot com. So if they would like to, you know, send me an email, that would be great. I appreciate it. You know, and he's on Facebook too, guys. So so uh, you know. You can hit him up on Facebook, hit him up on his email, and he will talk to you. Now, let me ask you this, G. What is your favorite song you've ever you've ever done? My favorite song? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I I've got never you on even, that one. <laughs> yeah, you got me. I never even thought about it, man. I mean, you know, I've, I've been blessed to sing so many songs until, you know, and I'm never happy at the end. All right. Uh, and after I hear what I've done, because I always feel I can do it better. But you know, it's like right, when right. we did. It's a true shame. Artist, though. That's a true artist. That's a true artist, George. Well, That's when we did a it's a shame. Artist. Yeah, when we did it's a shame, uh-huh. Stevie. It was a one take song. And so wow. after I listened to it, I said, Oh no, no, I can do that part. And Stevie said, If you don't get out of here <laughs> and leave. <laughs> He, I mean, he was like, man, are you crazy? And I'm saying, I can do it better. No, you can't, and you won't, not in this studio. So that's my approach towards everything that I do is to try right. to do it better, you know. Right. <laughs> but there's not one song in your mind that you could say. I mean, all your music, I'm sure you could sit there and go, oh, wow. I remember. You remember times and you remember good times, bad times, or indifferent times. 
But there has to be one song in your in your repertoire that just like, ugh, that's it, you know. Yeah, that's there's the song. a song I did as an album I did called Shadows. That's one of my unreleased CDs. I have two new unreleased CDs. I mean, they can put it up on my website if you know if they want to well, hear. That, well, some. hold on a second. Is this is it the one in four minutes and fifty four seconds? Do you remember? <laughs> is it that one? Shadows. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm the reason I know that. I listened to that song like eight times today. Sure. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. I'm gonna play this song. Hold on. Okay. I've been walking around the A bit confused But not amused By the games that my friends play What's I'm asking you Thank you. 
And I'm your host, Greg Lassiter, here at G Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. That was G.C. Cameron. Hey, George, I'm going to record, and I'm going to say it right here first. When you release that, that is going to be a hit. So what are you <laughs> oh, waiting Greg, for? Oh, great, thank you. <laughs> no, no, George, I'm telling you, I've listened to that song. That song with the chick, oh, man, that is a hit. That's a hit, well, look, man. I'm I have to you. tell you the truth. I have to, I have to tell you the truth. I have to tell you the truth. When, when the the morning Marvin Gaye left the planet, right? I was I was down at the river in Mississippi, where I usually go and do a lot of writing, and I started writing that song after they called me and told me that Marvin had left, and that's you know between he and and Gwendolyn, I began to write these songs. Um, that I was feeling at that time, and so that's where shadows came from. And uh, that's just an incredible a story. That's a hit. That's a hit, man. That is a hit. And I'm, I'm telling you, you got, you heard it here first on G Radio, New York City. When you're reaching up, getting that Grammy, just like Greg Lasseter. <laughs> George, God love you, Greg. I'm telling you, George, that is a hit, man. With, oh my God, you went so many places there, man, and I can feel it. That's a hit. That is a good. I think you should. And if you need somebody help you release them, you know, but I got, you know, let me know. Give okay. Me call. All right. I appreciate that, Greg. I'm glad to know you're there for me, buddy. Please. George, <laughs> I am there. Shadows is it, man. That is one happening tune. I'm Thank telling you. you. So now, now, you release, you got a, you have a TV out now. Tell us about that. Well, it's not out. I, I haven't released anything. I, yeah, I've got, I've got a CD called, um, I keep running back. Oh, and, that is uh, a hit too, That's a yeah, hot song. Yeah, <laughs> along uh, my friend Leonard Caston and my best friend Victor Caston, God rest his soul, he passed away not long ago, but we did that song up in Pittsburgh and uh, had written it and put it together and recorded it in Leonard's studio at his home. And uh, that was the title of the CD, I Keep Running Back. And uh, it's, well, the, the title of the album is Enticed Ecstasy. That is the, the complete right. title of the CD. Right. Right. Enticed. That's hot CD, man. I've heard every song on here that you said. 
It is hot. <laughs> oh, thank you. But we haven't released it. We haven't, we haven't released right. any music in a long time. It's just an internet. I put it on my website, you know, for right. some of my friends and a few fans who, who, you know, might be interested in listening to GC sing some more. And it's there well, for them. Why, why aren't you selling the joint 99 cents a song, man? Come well, on Well, you know, I guess, <laughs> well, like I say, I guess I've been so wrapped up into the the ministry of what I'm doing mm-hmm. and, and the kids that I'm looking at going astray until I focused more so on trying to see what I can do to help someone as opposed to just trying to help myself. You know, I've, right. I guess for some reason I've always been trying to help other people more than myself, and it's okay. Right. I have no regrets about that. So these but kids. But i got to tell you, though, George, entice ecstasy is happening. George, don't worry. I want my audience. I want my audience to hear Keep Running Back. Don't go anywhere, because that okay. song is awesome. Hold on, George.
You're listening to The Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music. You know the music for your soul. And we have on the line with us today in the studio, Mr. George C. Cameron. George, that is, you know what, I listened to this entire album. It is amazing, man. It is awesome. <laughs> and I want to ask you, tell me, what was your thought? Like, just this song, I'm listening to it. Like, what were you, what, what, how did I keep running back? How did you come up with that? Well, because, you know, I believe in love. Love make you run right. and do stuff, you know. And I'm a great, great fan of love. I mean, really. I mean, it, without it, we're doomed. With it, we can achieve anything. And so running right. back to something that's good, you know. And I think right. we're allowed to make a mistake once we can rectify that if we're blessed to understand it. So it was meant for people who leave and come back after they realize that what they went to was worse than what they had. And so we keep running right. back for more of the real thing as opposed to the fictitious and the things that we pick up, um, you know, on the whim of, of, of uh, right. our emotions and running back and forth to see. And as you're young, you know, when you get my right. age, then you, you kind of settle down and realize that, hey, you got what you got and you better keep it. That's it. You know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you got something, you know, that's that's if you got something that's fifty percent, keep it because what you're gonna get is keep it, right? be twenty or thirty. Yeah. So right. it's the same thing. But you know what, George, you know what I love about your music? You you're bringing it back. Meaning that songwriters and entertainers like yourself, when I sit down and I listen today and I take on an artist and you know, between um my my film company and record artists, what I look for and what guys like you bring to the bring keep it going is that sitting down writing a song means something. Every C D, every song on your entice entice ecstasy C D is a song that means something. And I wish music would get back to that. Where as as to which it comes from. You understand? Right. Absolutely. You know, and I, I, and your music, you know, I'm sitting there listening to it. You, it, uh, and I tell songwriters, I'm like, when you sit down, just don't sit down and just come up with something. Make it mean something. Like, that's right. Like, you got a song. You got a song, George. I got to tell you, I listened to like a few times today too. Um, the song was "Meet Me by the River." Oh yeah. That's uh, <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you about, about, tell you about that. that. Meet Me By The River, when I was a little boy, we lived on the river in Mississippi. And it was it's where I was baptized. In fact, the water is crystal clear and it's beautiful. It's just an incredible place. And when I used to go to church when I was a little boy, you know, this little chick named Mary. And um, I had really, really, really had the hots for her. I mean, I think we had the hots for each other. We were young. You know, it, was, it wasn't even puppy love. It was shoe poopy love, you know, really beyond <laughs> even younger than puppy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and we go to church, and I, you know, I sneak away, and we go down by the stream and by the river on a sandbar. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I thought about it as I was writing, putting together with my friends on uh, this particular CD, enticed. And I said, you know, mm-hmm. if I can express myself now as an adult to what I was feeling as a child, maybe I'll put wow. that in there. And it says, okay, you know. 
meet me by the river when the church house rings the bell. That's like the signal, you know, dong, right. dong. when the church is out, right. come on down here and meet me, and uh, let's throw some pebbles in the water and, and watch the fish swim. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Hey, George, I, I don't want you to go anywhere. I have to have my audience listen to this song. It's, it's an incredible song. Hold on, okay, George? Okay. Yeah. 
Simply marvelous. You're listening to The Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. And I have today the great, the great GC Cameron. George, that was amazing, man. That was simply <laughs> amazing. Thank so you. I don't even know. So you need to take a break, stop, time out, and just release that. I could tell you. You know what? That will be a hit, man. That whole <laughs> oh, TV man, that will did. be a hit. You're a great guy, you know, man. That's, that's two hits man. you gave me. Thank you. <laughs> so I got, you know what? I, I ain't got time to play the whole album. I just told my producer, I'm like, you know, if you need to post that on all, I got 5,001 friends and four Facebook pages, man. So I'm like, I need everybody to hear this because this, I need everybody to, to, to buzz you so they can, can, you can release this, this CD. Because I've been hearing. I appreciate it, man. I, I do. You know what? I told my producer, I'm like, listen to the CD. Tell me what you think. She listened to it. I'm like, oh, my God. I started playing it. I was I'm like, okay, hold on. I was supposed to do, like, five things a day. I ended up spending, like, two hours uh, <laughs> listening to the video. I'm like, okay, let me hear this song. Okay, let me hear this song. No, it is an amazing CD, George. You should. You should release it. So, well, so now, I'm going yeah, so to pray on that, and hopefully if, if, if I can find a company that uh, is interested in, in um, distributing it, uh, that believe in it like I do, then uh, perhaps we'll get it released, you know? Well, guess perhaps, what? I'm going to have yeah. my producer. I'm going to have my producer call you because uh, uh, guess what? We got company. <laughs> Please do. Please do. Call at me. Yeah, let me know anything oh, I, I can do. Because I, I, I believe that, yeah, I believe the people, those who want to hear it should hear it. I mean, you know, I would do anything Absolutely. to get it to their ears because that's what I recorded right. it for was for the soul of the people. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's right. just a great feeling. It's a great feeling when someone hear what you're doing and know what you're doing, you know. Right, and love it at that. Now, George, Amen. let me ask you. If someone said to you, George Cameron, we got 10 dates, would you be interested in doing 10 dates with a few other people? Like, you solo act, but like a little, you know, like a tour. Would of course, man. Of course. I would love mm-hmm. very much right now a tour to be able to perform for the people and do some of this new stuff plus some of the old stuff you know i do i do a series of tim songs and a series of spinner songs and then i do the gc cameron thing and a couple of things from sarita and myself uh, i did a song oh. with sarita called i want to be by your side from her first cd stevie produced a cd on her called stevie want to present sarita and we did a duet oh. called i want to be by your side and I've never performed with her, but I was in Philly not long ago, and it was a young lady up there, and Mary, her name was Mary, I believe, and she and I sang that song together. It was the first time I ever performed it on stage, and it was shocking. I mean, it was it's just an incredible song. Of course, it was Stevie Wonder song, but I right, never course, performed right. it before, and, and it would be really great to get up there and perform for people every opportunity that I get, really. Right, right. Oh, my God. You know, I've heard that song. It's an amazing song. Actually, after I get off the air tonight, I'm gonna actually post that on my Facebook, and I will I will reference your name so you can hear it again. I love that song. I love that song. That's Thank an you. amazing song. So I want you to tell my audience one more time, George, how to get a hold of GC Cameron and his music. Okay, you can reach me my website. Uh, you can also email me at 
mygccameron at yahoo.com. That's the best way because there's so much stuff right. on me on the computer. I mean, if you Google right, me, right. if you Google me, right, you, right, you come right. up with a lot of stuff. So the best way is to just email me, and I'll I'll know what you're thinking and how they're you know how they're feeling about what I'm doing and if I need to make adjustments because uh, right. the audience is important to me. My my fans and my friends and the people they are more important than um, so many things that I I do and uh, to be able to perform Absolutely. for them would be really great. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, George? I've got, I'm, I want to thank you. want to sincerely thank you for coming on my show. Oh, it was my and, pleasure, Greg. Really, my pleasure. And, and, and I will be in touch with you guys. Guys, he's one amazing person. Check him out. Blow his Facebook page up. Become a friend. He, he's amazing. You heard his music. So, George, my producer will be in touch with you very soon, and I'll give you a call before the week is out. How about that? Please do, Greg. I appreciate you more than you know. God bless you, man. Thank you. 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 But we're going to keep this GC camera thing going, 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 going. And he has a new CD out. Um, um, we're going we're gonna to play some tunes. Here's one tune from his new CD.
And I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at Juve Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. Yeah, wow, what an amazing interview. I want to thank George Cameron Lee. He was, he's one amazing individual. But on a sad note, I want to give, send my condolences out to Steve Jobs' family. Steve Jobs, as you guys know, was the CEO and founder of Apple Computer. It's because of that man. I'm sitting here talking to you guys because I'm using an app, a MacBook right now. So my condolences goes out to the, the, the Jobs family because he's been battling cancer for the longest time, and he's succumbed to it. So I apologize. You know, I'm so sorry that, you know, his family has to go through that. So tonight we're listening to the music of G.C. Cameron. I'm going to play one of the, the hits with the title cut from Unreleased CD that will soon be released. Call. Call. I need you closer. A little closer. Come close to me. I need to taste your lips. I don't want so much. Just a pin kiss. A glass of wine. Some candles. Our conversation to get here through the night. Stretch out here on this rug. I'll give you some love and take you through the summit of your mind. Hold on tight, off this mound of love, by the Just here in my love and all. All night long, you'll be safe and Honey, that's my plan Enticing to see Desire with a love for you from me You don't have to wait Don't be ashamed What I'm doing won't cause you any pain Close your eyes Make a wish I'm your captain you're on the luxury, baby. Oh, my touch will be gentle. My kisses are fine. Baby, you're running over with delicious desire. Lay on back and enjoy each other. Only you and me between me, she. Feel is real 
listening to The Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G Radio, in New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. So I want to thank everybody for listening tonight, all 28, 29,000 people in five countries. And I really want to thank my guest, George G.C. Cameron. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. George, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show and telling us what is going on, actually. And everybody, I want you guys to look for his new CD, Enticed Ecstasy. It will be out very soon. I want to thank Barbara Arnold, his assistant, for making this work. And I also want to thank my producer for keeping it all together, Brenda Timmer, up in Canada. So, guys, the, net, the lineup next week, we so far, so far we have on uh, Monday night, is it Monday night or Tuesday night? I don't know. I'm not sure yet. We will have Candy Staten, Young Hearts Run Free, and then that's a Wednesday night, actually. And Thursday night I will have no other than William Pookie. Heart, la la la, means I love you from the Delphonics here live in living color at G Radio, New York City. So guys, you know what? If you want to get a want to get at me, you know how to. You can hit me up on uh, blogtalkradio.com or find me on Facebook or just Google me, <laughs> as I say to most people, because I don't even give out cards anymore. And, I, again, I want to have send my condolences out to the Jobs family, the passing of Steve Jobs, the leader, the founder, and CEO of Apple Computer, has just passed away tonight. He lost his battle to cancer. And my condolences goes out to his family. But, guys, remember this. Every day above ground is a chance to get it right. And remember this. Shoot for the moon if you miss. You are still among the stars. I'm Greg Lasseter here at G Radio New York City. Until next time, peace. I'm out.
have been listening to The Quiet Storm with Greg Master.